0: Hey, everybody. You have Jake flying solo today. I'm going to do a little DCEU slash David Ayer suicide squad cut update slash segment. For those who aren't familiar, David Ayer was the director of the 2016 film, Suicide Squad star- Starring Margot Robbie And Will Smith um, And that film made 200, I'm sorry 750 million against a budget Of 175 It had terrible reviews And was really kind of like skewered By critics um, But it made a ton of money It did well enough Where there was also a sequel But it was interesting because even though it made all that money, it was really remembered poorly. And even though there was a sequel, they basically handed it off to James Gunn, and he had a soft reboot. And they, they didn't give Air the opportunity to come back, which is interesting because they brought back pretty much every other director, especially successful director. Um, but from what I can tell, for Wonder Woman, Bat, for certainly Superman... But for Wonder Woman and Shazam, they also, and for Aquaman, they always brought back the previous director. So clearly there's some stuff going on there. Building on that, David Ayer, ever since the Justice League Snyder Cut came out, he's been banging the drum for his air cut. Now, there was a fan push for the Snyder Cut, and I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One, it's pretty well known. Snyder has some digital uh, operation apparatus whether it's organic for through his fans i don't think so i think it's slightly organic i think it's more so he has his own uh, he has his own apparatus i believe and look if you the oscars had that open like digital voting thing one year and the flash like basically going in time travel in the justice league snyder cut was voted, like, one of the most impactful moments. I think it was just for the year, but, like, in cinema. Um, and that was, like, a digital vote, so nothing official. But he, there's a, pl- a lot of evidence that he has, like, a digital apparatus. But in addition to that, there was also, I think, some genuine interest because of the film we got from Joss Whedon, which I thought was an enjoyable, but definitely had its flaws and was such a tonal shift from what had come before it in the previous films and what would come after it. Um, it did kind of stick out like a sore thumb. And with Snyder... Knowing he had, especially that extended version of Batman versus Superman, which everyone thought was, oh, it's this marked improvement, which is true. But they didn't realize that a marked improvement on a terrible film just makes it average, not good. But I, I, I'm not going to go into my Batman versus Superman rant. Suicide Squad cut, made a ton of money, had low ratings, but the fans clearly liked it because it made a lot of money. I thought it was good. I thought it was, was interesting. David Ayer's been banging his drum on the Suicide Squad cut. Doesn't seem like anyone's interested. No one's been biting, and he finally, recently, stopped banging on the drum and said he it was he wasn't going to talk about it anymore. And uh, there was all these references on a bunch of articles and the podcast I listened to on this interview he did with John Bernthal. And I was initially going to talk about it. Um, because this would bother me. I feel like nobody wants this cut. It feels like he's trying to piggyback or swim in the wake of the Snyder cut. It feels like he's trying to or drum up interest for something that's not real. Similar to how I was annoyed with Netflix and Snyder tried to drum up interest for his rebel moon director's cut, which just it feels an, it's not just ineffective, it's the adverse it has an adverse effect. If you're trying to create buzz and create something organic, and uh, like a groundswell movement, or if you are if it's artificial or inauthentic, it ends up not just being ineffective; it has an adverse effect and turns people off. Um, I talked about that with Marvel, where they tried to dupe me into thinking Thanos was in it. it a lot of people have talked about it with Rebel Moon um, and just how like this longer two hour director's cut so different from the cut you just released. Why didn't you just? release one cut or blend them feels like this feels like Ayers was doing it I listened to this Burnthal podcast and after listening to the Burnthal podcast I was actually decided I didn't want to say anything about it a couple of reasons one he has gone through a divorce it's clear he's been through some personal struggles and has personal scars just with family issues and divorce and paternity uh, of not paternity but like of um, parental rights and visitation with kids He'd clearly been going through something, and he was just really open about how the experience. It, people were like myself, and a lot of the podcasts and talking heads I listened to couldn't understand why he couldn't get past this film. After seeing this interview, he basically just said it was so emotional for him, his star was so high, and everything kind of hinged when this film was taken away from him. He thought he made this great, soulful, dark film. It was taken away from him in the editing bay. What was released while it made money wasn't well-received. And he, what he was kind of, I thought, making the argument for was that it kind of ruined his brand and that he's had a hard time kind of recovering from it since then. And emotionally, like, he felt like he has this better version there. So he hasn't been able to look past it because he's been really eager to tr- basically undo that mistake. And prior to that, he had a couple films, End of Watch... Were the most prominent But this is a huge step up In terms of budget IP The talent involved um, Yeah I'd worked with Brad Pitt before But like th- That was in a smaller ensemble cast This was a huge all-star cast DCEU Big stage And what was rev- Again I was going to let it go It clear I, I thought Because I thought After reading it After seeing that uh, Interview I was sympathetic towards him And thought it was over However He keeps Coming back to it and social media keeps referencing the air cut and he's making it seem like it's this masterpiece we're never going to see and i'm going to be brief i like david air nobody even let's say he nobody touched his film he posits that it's this dark soulful like really gritty dark emotional experience with these characters Nobody wants that. Like, the market's been pretty open. Nobody wants that. Yeah, Joker made a billion dollars, um, but most of the other films have not made that. And if you were to take most of the other dark films, specifically the Snyderverse, that didn't work. That's why they gave it to James Gunn. It, it was ineffective. It's not working. It, like Fetch isn't happening. Like Get over it. I, I don't know what to tell you. Nobody likes that vision. Second, I've also heard him like talk about the Ayer's version. I've heard him openly criticize himself and lament that the biggest mistake he made was Joker wasn't the main villain. That wasn't in the cut that went to theatrical. That was in his own cut. So I I don't – it's not even like – I don't understand how he makes his argument he had this great film when he acknowledges this huge tactical and strategic mistake in the script. You misused your best character. You took your cleanup hitter and you put him on the bench. It was just this weird, or you you brought him off the bench in the seventh inning. It was just, it's this weird thing. But what's really come out, and the reason, again, he's brought it up. So going into that interview, the thing that was really enlightening to me was he referenced that after he released this rough cut, there were rumors he was going to take over the studio in like a Kevin Feige role. He indicated it's what this James Gunn role is now, creator, producer, wonderkind. Whereas Kevin Feige is really just the producer who has definitely creative input in the editing process. I'm not trying to be negative here. I've been paying pretty close attention to these films since Spider-Man 2. I've been reading literally everything I can about them for the last 15 years, just like personally. And I was really tuned into everything going on. I never heard rumors that David Ayer was going to take over the studio. There were some rumors Snyder might... But there are never any rumors that David Ayer was. Uh, to me, he, I think he thought that was his trajectory. I think he also kind of thought if he could maybe get this better version out, if he, wasn't, if he couldn't compete with James Gunn for that role, that maybe it, he could be picked up by a streamer. Or like maybe it, but it could show him his vision as a potential showrunner universe creator. I, that, I appreciate that ambition, but I, don't, I never saw him like that. I don't think anyone ever really saw him as that. I think everyone always kind of saw him as like a really cool, really talented writer, director. Certainly someone capable of building a universe. He wrote Fast and the Furious. Um, Fury was a great, great movie. Like, he's done great things. But I don't think anyone saw him in this role. We're also not even sure if that role can exist. And I think we're going to find out soon with James Gunn that it can't. Um, I mean that's one thing I'll quickly note Jeff Snyder on the uh, Hot mic with Jeff Snyder and John Roker which is a great show You should definitely listen to it He basically came out and said that James Gunn is already having Issues because between working On his own film and trying to juggle everything else And with the writer's strike Basically everything else is stopped While they're focusing on Superman legacy So like there's a ton of balls in the air But he can only he only has two hands And that's kind of coming to bite him now so the, first, this idea that Ayer was going to serve this role that didn't really exist at the time and no one's done yet and the current person is apparently struggling with doesn't really make sense. I do feel bad because his career has been on a downward trajectory afterwards, but I think it might be for how he's handled that loss than anything else. Because like, it's, he's clearly ruffled feathers at the studio. As I said, they didn't bring him back. He also has been pretty open about how vicious and political it was there. A lot of those people, I think, still work in the industry or at least their assistants do. Like, So to openly, it's kind of like you don't attack. It's like why NFL coaches and don't like to attack other teams because they might work for him one day. Like, It feels like he's kind of in burning bridges mode. And I'm just disappointed. Like, I'm ready for him to move on. I was hoping he'd move on. I don't want to see the suicide squad cut. I mean, if it came out. I would just see it to, to kind of see what the difference was but like I'm not rooting for it I, I wasn't really particularly interested in the Snyder Cut and I used to really love that type of additional fare and footage and content and the Snyder Cut kind of turned me around on it like yeah sometimes there's some good stuff there but overall it's not that good like and Seth and I have talked about this sometimes producers do have an important role and they can kind of they separate the art from the commerce sometimes and sometimes that's bad and sometimes that's good and, I don't know. For David Ayers, the version the studio put out made $750 million. Only three other films in that universe made more. So it finished four out of like 14. Like That's good. That version they put out was a success. I'm not going to believe that your unfinished version worked. Especially like, I I like David Ayers. I really want to move on. I hope he can now. I'm going to drop it there. Yeah, quick little DCEU news update. Um, Suicide squad cut. (laughs) Nobody wants it. Um, All right. Thanks, y'all, for joining me. Talk to y'all soon. Later.